0: Beloved congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, it's very easy to take many blessings in life for granted. You think, for example, the blessing of good health. We often take that blessing for granted. It's an incredible blessing, but, but we, we sometimes forget that. We sometimes don't realize that until, sometimes it's not until we or a loved one gets sick that we realize. What an incredible blessing. We have it. And and that's true of many other blessings in in life as well. Even the the reality of life itself. How how often do we think about the fact that we are alive? What a blessing. Maybe children, maybe maybe you have to be reminded this today as you look forward, many of you, to uh, a week where the school begins that education really is a blessing. It really is. So many blessings, so often, so easily, we take for granted. And that includes, congregation, also the blessing of belonging to Christ's church. Perhaps it's more of a struggle when we've grown up with the Bible, when we've, we've, we've grown up hearing the gospel all our life long. Sometimes just the familiarity of it all can just kind of numb us. So that belonging to Christ's church just doesn't amaze us. It doesn't leave us stunned by the amazing grace of God to us like it should. But you know, it's not just a struggle for those who have grown up in the church. It's a struggle for all of us. All of us can fail to grasp what an incredible blessing it is to be a believer, to be a Christian, to belong to the church of Jesus Christ. If everyone, if we all... Really understood what a blessing it is to belong to the Church of Christ. Wouldn't we all just drop everything and everything else and seek this blessing? Wouldn't we stop? And wouldn't, wouldn't we stop at nothing until we, we knew we had it? Until we knew that we belonged to the Church of Jesus Christ, not just in an outward sense, not just in the sense of having our, our, our name on the membership role of a local church, but in a real sense, in the sense of being united to Christ by faith. But, but not everyone has done that, has they? Maybe you're here this morning and you haven't done that. But even if you have, even those of us who have received this blessing, the blessing of belonging to the church of Jesus Christ, we can so easily Congregation loses lose sight of how great a blessing it is. We get caught up in the things of this life, in our work, in our vacations, in all the busyness. And, and the blessing of belonging to Christ's church loses, loses its beauty. It loses its wonder. We, we take it for granted. Maybe it's our work, maybe it's our vacation, maybe it's our challenges in life, maybe it's trials. Maybe it's our continual battle with sin that just gets us down, or or maybe it's difficulties even in the church. Maybe with fellow Christians, they begin to take over our lives, and they cloud over this blessing, the blessing of belonging to Christ's church. But in the passage we read this morning, Ephesians 1, particularly verses 1 through 14, God through Paul shows us, he, he reminds us what an incredible blessing it is to belong to the church of Jesus Christ. What an incredible blessing it is to, to believe in Jesus. Verse 1 tells us that Paul is writing to the saints which are at Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus. In other words, he's writing to those belonging to the church of Christ in Ephesus. And after giving his, his greeting in verse 2, Notice what he says in verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. And then he goes on to describe some of those blessings. What's he doing, congregation? He's showing, he's reminding the Ephesians and, and us too, what an incredible blessing it is to belong to Christ's church. And so really, as we look at this passage this morning, as well as others, in connection also with the Bible's teaching summarized in Lord's Day 21, we want to do so with God's help under the theme, the incredible blessing of belonging to Christ's church. And Lord willing, will actually carry this theme over next week when we consider Lord's Day 22. But then our focus will be more on the future that awaits those who belong to Christ's church. But today, with God's help, we want to consider just three things Three things about the incredible blessing of belonging to Christ church. First of all, it's a gift God graciously bestows. Secondly, it's a privilege believers equally share. And thirdly, it comes with a forgiveness you can't compare. So first, belonging to Christ church is a gift that God graciously bestows. It's a gift of grace, God's grace. Ephesians 1 makes this very clear. If you look with me, especially at verses 4 through 6, if you don't have your Bibles open, please have them open. We'll be looking at this passage a fair bit. After declaring that God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ, Paul continues in verse 4, according as He has chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he has made us accepted in the beloved. Paul is speaking here, congregation, of how we are made members of the church of Jesus Christ, how we are brought into his family through adoption, and his words make very clear that it doesn't happen by anything that we have done or do. And we see it happens by what God has done and what he does. We see essentially the same thing in the believer's answer to question 54 of the Catechism. Listen again to the believer's answer to the question, what do you believe concerning the Holy Catholic Church of Christ? The believer confesses that the Son of God From the beginning to the end of the world, gathers, defends, and preserves to himself by his spirit and word, out of the whole human race, a church chosen to everlasting life, agreeing in true faith, and that I am and forever shall remain a living member thereof. What do you notice about that answer? It's not about anything the believer does. It's about what God has done and is doing. And that really just echoes, you see, what Ephesians 1 is teaching us. Belonging to Christ's church is a gift God graciously bestows. For one thing, it's a gift He gives according to the good pleasure of His will. You see that in verse, verse 5. You see, when we are Christians, congregation when we belong to the church of Christ, we are part of a people who have been chosen. Chosen to everlasting life. God has chosen us, Paul says in verse 4, in Him, in Christ, from before the foundation of the world. In other words, before God made the world, before He made man, even before time began in eternity, He chose a people to be saved in Christ, that they might be holy and without blame before Him. He he predestined, he decided in eternity the people who would be his adopted children. And what made him decide who to choose? You know, maybe some of you have either adopted children yourself or maybe you've been adopted. And when you ask the question, the question, why do parents who adopt children, why do they choose whom they choose? I mean, there could be all kinds of reasons, can't there? But what made God decide who to choose? What made God decide whom to adopt? What made God decide whom to save from sin and Satan and grant everlasting life? Was it their holiness? No. Verse 4 clearly says that holiness is the fruit, not the basis of God's choice. No, it wasn't anything in the people. It wasn't their holiness, or their righteousness, or their wisdom, or their greatness. No, his choice, his election, his decision in eternity of whom to save, of whom to adopt it to his family, was simply, Paul says, according to the good pleasure of his will. Or as he says it in verse 11, according to his purpose. His plan. Congregation, we, sometimes we refer to this as God's unconditional election. And that is what this passage is clearly teaching as well as all the rest of Scripture. The only reason, beloved, there is a church of Christ to belong to and the only reason ultimately that anyone ever belongs to that church is this, that God who works all things according to the counsel of His will has sovereignly chosen a people for Himself to everlasting life not according to anything in them but according to the good pleasure of His will. And you see, when we understand that, when we see that, then then we begin to see what an incredible blessing it is, don't we? What an incredible blessing it is to belong to the church of Jesus Christ. The reason, dear believer, the reason, dear brother and sister in the Lord, that you belong to the church of Christ is not because of something in yourself. It's not because you're so great or because you're so strong or because you're so smart or because you're so holy. It's all because of God's sovereign good pleasure because He has chosen you in Christ. Though you were a totally lost and dead and hell-deserving sinner in yourself and though you still have so much sin in you, He has chosen you in eternity according to the good pleasure of His will. The reason you're saved, the reason you belong to the church of Jesus Christ is because He has chosen you without any reason in yourself. And congregation, what that does is it makes us to say, it should make us to say, oh, the marvelous grace of God. Belonging to Christ's church is a gift God gives according to the good pleasure of His will. As Paul says, blessed be God. That's what our response should be. I know sometimes it isn't. Sometimes this whole doctrine of election gets us all tied up in knots. You see, what we need to understand is that if belonging to the church of Jesus Christ were not based on God's unconditional election, if it was based on anything else, even the slightest good in us, none of us, none of us could belong to it. None of us could be saved. We would all be condemned under God's righteous judgment. It's because of God's unconditional election that how deserving sinners can belong to His church and receive everlasting life. That's reason to praise God. And it's also such an encouragement to poor and needy sinners who know that there's nothing in themselves that God can approve of. Maybe that's you. You know, there's nothing in me. And maybe you're here this morning and you're afraid. That means you're not elect. Listen, Paul's point is that God's election of sinners to salvation isn't based on anything in them, not even on their faith. It's based on grace and grace alone. That's the point Paul's making in these verses. And that shouldn't scare you away. No, it should encourage you then to come humbly to him. With all your sin, with all your sinfulness, with all your need, with all that burden that's on your back. With your sin-stained heart, and your sin-stained hands, and your sin-stained life. With your unbelief, pleading nothing in yourself, but casting yourself entirely on the mercy of God. Saying with the task collector, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Because belonging longing to Christ's church is a gift God graciously bestows. It's a gift he bestows according to the good pleasure of his will. Not according to our works. But what's more, it's also a gift he bestows through his beloved son, Jesus Christ. Did you notice all the references to Christ in in Ephesians 1? Verse 3. God has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Verse 4. He has chosen us in him. Verse 5, he has predestinated us into the adoption of children by or through Jesus Christ. Verse 6, he has made us accepted in the beloved. Verse 7, in whom we have redemption. You get the point? Belonging to the church of Christ is a gift God bestows through his son, Jesus Christ. And that doesn't just mean, beloved, through, through what Christ did when he was on earth. It includes that, of course, that's foundational. It includes his sacrificial death in the place of sinners on the cross. His resurrection and so on. But it includes more than that. You see, as we read at the end of the chapter, God has given Christ as head over all to his church. And as head of his church, beloved, Christ is gathering, defending and preserving it. Christ says of himself in Matthew 16, verse 18, I believe you heard a sermon on this not that long ago. I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. In John 10, he speaks of himself as the good shepherd who not only lays down his life for the sheep, but who also goes out and he he finds and he calls them and he brings them into his church. My sheep, hear my voice. He says in John 10, 27 and 28, and I know them and they follow me and I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hands. The point is, congregation, that it's Christ who from the beginning to the end of the world out of the whole human race gathers and defends and preserves his church. It's through Christ. It's a gift that God bestows through Christ. That's how we come to belong into Christ's church, dear fellow believer. It's through Christ. If it were not for Christ, if it were not for the Son of God gathering and defending and preserving his church, we could not, we would not belong to it. In fact, there would be no church of Christ at all. Not in Monarch, not in Alberta. Not in Canada, not in the whole world. It's through Christ that we come to be living members of His church, and it's through Christ that we remain living members of His church. What an incredible blessing it is to belong to His church. Blessed be God. It's a gift He graciously bestows, a gift He bestows according to the good pleasure of His will through Jesus Christ and by His Spirit and Word. Paul speaks in verse 13, Ephesians 1 there, in verse 13 of how how the Ephesian Christians were brought into Christ's church. How how were they brought? You look at that verse. It was through hearing the word of truth, the gospel, the good news of their salvation, the good news that in Christ, through His perfect life and, and His death on the cross, there is full and free salvation. And the Spirit blessed that word of truth, that proclamation of the gospel, so that they took hold of it. They took hold of it by faith. They trusted in Christ, just like Paul and the other apostles did. And they were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise as an earnest, a down payment of their inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession. The point is, it's by Christ's Spirit and word. That's how we become and remain Christ's members, the members of His church. The church chosen to everlasting life, agreeing in true faith. Belonging to Christ's church, beloved, is a gift of grace. Do we see that? It's a gift God graciously bestows. And if we see that, if we understand that in our hearts, then it will make us, won't it, truly humble and thankful. There's absolutely no room for pride in the church of Christ. There's absolutely no room for arrogance in the church of Jesus Christ. Because it's not because of anything in us that we are belong to it. It's all because of the grace of God. And that means means too that if you are here and you're afraid that you can never belong to this church of Christ. Maybe because of who you are. Maybe because of what you've done. It doesn't matter. Belonging to Christ's church, the church chosen to everlasting life, is a gift God graciously bestows. And the promise of God's word is he bestows it on all, on all who turn from sin and cast themselves on Christ alone for their salvation, no matter who they are and no matter what they've done. What an incredible blessing. Do you see that with me? Belonging to Christ's church is a gift God graciously bestows. And that means it's also, and this is our second point now, it's also a privilege that believers... All believers equally share. Ephesians 1 makes that so clear. Who does God bless with all spiritual blessings? In heavenly places in Christ. Is it just Paul? Is it just the apostles? No. It's all Christians. All believers. Verse 3. God has blessed, not me, us. With all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. That includes Paul and the other apostles, those who first trusted in Christ, as Paul says in verse 12. But it also includes the Ephesians who who trusted in Christ too. It includes all who trust in the Lord Jesus. Belonging to Christ's church is a privilege all believers equally share. That's what we mean when we confess the communion of saints. As answer 55 in the Catechism makes clear, we mean first that all and everyone who believes being members of Christ, all and everyone are in common partakers of him and of all his riches and gifts. And secondly, that everyone must know it to be his duty readily and cheerfully to employ his gifts for the advantage and salvation of other members. Belonging to Christ's church, beloved, is a privilege all believers share. Despite There are differences. There are many differences between believers, aren't there? Sometimes those differences can create tension, can't they? You think of the tension that arose often in the early church between Jewish and Gentile believers. Sometimes the Jewish believers were tempted to think of themselves as better than the Gentiles, and and really the Gentiles kind of had the same same problem. But Paul makes clear in Ephesians that in Christ, they all equally share the privilege of belonging to Christ's church. You read the second half of Ephesians 2, it's very clear. They all equally share in Christ. They all equally share God's spiritual blessings, all of them, in Christ. They all equally share in God's grace. They all equally share in the redemption, the salvation that Christ has provided through His blood. They all equally share in God's acceptance of them through Christ. They all equally share in their adoption as God's children through Christ. They all equally have received the Holy Spirit. And they all equally will receive the inheritance of being with Christ in glory. Through Christ they all equally have access, Paul says it in chapter two eighteen. They all have access by one Spirit unto the Father. Therefore, they are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. They are one in Christ. And as members of Christ, they all together are in common partakers of Him and of all His riches and gifts. Belonging to Christ's church is a privilege all believers share despite their differences. Think of the differences between us here. Some of us are wealthy, others are not. Some have a Dutch background, others do not. Some are older, others are younger. Some are men, others are women. Some work in the office, some work in the barn, and some work in the home. But it doesn't matter. The Bible's so clear on this. Think of Galatians 3.28. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you all are one in Christ Jesus. Or Colossians 3.11. There is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Or Romans 10 verse 12, There is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon Him. Do you get the point, congregation? No matter who you are, if you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, clinging to Him by faith, you share equally in Him, and all his riches and gifts with every other believer. What a blessing it is to belong to Christ's church. Do you see that with me? You see, it means that no matter who you are, you have everything. God has blessed you with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. There are no levels or tests you have to pass before you get to the next one and the next thing. Out of Psalm 34 verse 10 put it? They that seek the Lord shall not want, they shall not lack any good thing. They that seek the Lord, all they that seek the Lord. Oh, then surely we should seek him. And surely we should say, blessed be God. Belonging to Christ's church is a privilege all believers equally share They share it despite their differences and it's a privilege they share too for each other's good. We don't see that so much here explicitly in Ephesians 1, not on the surface at least, but the Bible teaches this in many other places. 1 Corinthians 12, Paul compares a church to a body. Children, think about how your body is made up of different parts. You have your eyes, you have your ears, you have your nose, you have your feet and so on. Well, people who belong to Christ church, believers in Jesus, they are like all those different parts of your body. And, and just like all the different parts of your body, they work together, they need each other. Right? If, if something starts flying at your eye, your hand almost instinctively goes like this, protects the other, protects the eye, right? Just like all the different parts of the body care for and help each other, so do those belonging to the church of Christ. They care for one another. They love one another. They help one another. That's their duty. Or you can think of it as a family. How wonderful it is to be part of a family where everyone cares for and loves each other. That's what you get when you belong to the church of Christ. You get a family. You become part of God's family. A, a family whose, whose members encourage and, and help and care for and admonish each other. Who pray for and with each other and who keep each other accountable. Belonging to Christ's church is a privilege all believers share for each other's good. That's why it's such an incredible blessing to belong to this church, the Church of Christ. You see, it means we can give and get help in our Christian walk, in the midst of our, our struggles with sin. We shouldn't be ashamed of that. I mean, we should be ashamed of sin. Don't get me wrong. But we, we, we shouldn't let the shame we have for sin keep us from, from seeking Seeking help. In the midst of our, our, our struggles with faith or, or in our trials, we don't have to be, you see, lone rangers as we strive to run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. You don't get that anywhere else, congregation. Or you, can, you may get support from others. You may get some good practical advice from others and all that can be fine and good but you're not going to get true biblical and spiritual encouragement for the race of faith in Jesus Christ. You get that only in Christ's church through the communion of saints. How thankful we should be when that mutual love and encouragement happens among us, beloved. And it does happen. I know it does. At the same time, can't we grow in this more as pastor, as office bearers, as congregation? What could you do to give encouragement to your fellow believers? Maybe, maybe some of you younger ones, your children. What about, what about coloring a picture for somebody in the church? Maybe, maybe a widow. Somebody old or somebody alone or, or somebody going with, through a struggle. Maybe a health struggle or, or whatever. Maybe you could make more effort to come to church both services. Maybe you could call a fellow Christian to see how they're doing and encourage them in their faith. Maybe you could invite some people from church over for a meal and spiritual fellowship. Someone you don't know well, maybe. Someone who doesn't have family to go to between church. Do we think about these things, congregation? Maybe you could call one of our seniors up and offer to come visit them for an hour. Read the Bible, pray with them. There are so many ways we could grow in helping and encouraging one another. Belonging to Christ's church is a privilege all believers share for each other's good. Well, let that then be true also here in Monarch, in Bethel Free Reformed Church. Let it be true that those who belong to this part of Christ's church can't help but exclaim, Blessed be God! But do you see with me, congregation? A belonging to Christ's church is really an incredible blessing. It's a gift God graciously bestows. It's a privilege all believers equally share. But notice one more thing yet. It comes, it comes with a forgiveness you can't compare. Paul speaks of this in Ephesians 1 verse 7. In whom, he says, meaning in Christ, we have redemption through His blood. The forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace, wherein He has abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence. What's the saying, congregation? It's saying that belonging to Christ's church through faith in Christ, you have the forgiveness, God's forgiveness of sins. You have an incomparable forgiveness. A forgiveness that's according to what? According to what? According to His abounding, His abundant grace. The riches, the riches of His grace which He has made to abound. What a blessing to have this forgiveness of sins. It means, you see, as a Christian confesses in answer 56, it means that God, for the sake of Christ's satisfaction, will no more remember my sins, neither my corrupt nature against which I have to struggle all my life long, but will graciously impute to me the righteousness of Christ, that I may never be condemned before the tribunal of God. Belonging to Christ church. Being a living member of Christ church comes with a forgiveness. You can't compare. It's a complete forgiveness. God doesn't just forgive some sins. He forgives all of our iniquities, all of our transgressions, past, present, and future. He cancels the entire debt we owe because of our sin and the sinful nature that we have to struggle against to the day we die. You know, I love the picture. I love the picture. The Bible has, by the way, Maybe this is a good thing to do sometime. Look up the, the, the ways the Bible describes forgiveness. There's some beautiful, beautiful pictures that the Bible uses to describe God's forgiveness of his people. But one of my favorites is a picture that the prophet Micah gives in Micah 7, verse 19. He gives there a picture in Micah seven nineteen, a picture of the Lord God casting or hurling all our sins, all the sins of his people into the depths of the sea. And that also means, as one person said to me just recently, that also means that there's a sign there that says no fishing allowed. Because sometimes that's what we do, don't we? We drag up the sins that God has forgiven. But God's forgiveness is complete. In fact, He not only erases our debt, He not only gives us a blank slate, He credits us with, He dresses us in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Paul says in Second Corinthians 5, verse 21, God has made Christ to be made sin for us. Who knew, who knew no sin? Christ knew no sin. But God made him to be sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. There's this total exchange. His forgiveness is complete. And it's also everlasting. It's an everlasting forgiveness and you have been forgiven by God, you can and will never be condemned by Him. Never. There will never come a time when God changes His mind. No, this is God's promise to His people, to those who belong to Christ's church. He says in Hebrews 8 verse 12, I will remember their sins no more. And in the Greek congregation, that's the strongest, absolutely strongest way of saying no. It means he will never, ever remember their sins. His forgiveness of those who belong to the church of Christ is not something he will ever go back on. His forgiveness is everlasting. What a blessing. What a blessing is this forgiveness. Don't we need it, congregation? Didn't you struggle this week? Didn't you sin this week? Yeah, we did. For honest with ourselves, we did. When we belong to the church of Jesus Christ, when we're united to Christ by faith, when we are in Him, then it, it, it's all paid for. He paid the debt we owe, He satisfied the righteous wrath of God for all our sins, fully and forever, by His death. On the cross. Oh, what a forgiveness. What a forgiveness to have, congregation. Do you have it? It's a forgiveness you can't compare, and it's a forgiveness that all who belong to Christ's church have. Do you see, beloved, what an incredible blessing it is to belong to the church of Jesus Christ? Do you see now why Paul exclaimed in praise, Blessed be God! Yes, dear believer, life is full of distractions and challenges, even sometimes in the church. But let's not lose sight of this. That belonging to Christ's church is really an incredible blessing. It's a gift he graciously bestows. It's a privilege believers equally share. And it comes with a forgiveness you just can't compare. Oh, let us then join with Paul saying, Blessed be God for this incredible blessing. And if you do not yet have this blessing, If you do not yet belong to Christ, you you may belong to the church as a baptized member, as a confessing member, but if you do not yet belong to Christ's church as a living member, united to Christ by faith, won't you seek it? Apart from belonging to Christ's church, you are under God's condemnation, God's wrath. And well, come to Christ. You see, it's only by coming to Christ, by grace and true faith and repentance, that you become part of His church, that you receive God's forgiveness. It's in Christ alone. So come to Him, call upon Him, and believe His promise. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Amen. Let us pray. O God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we give thanks and praise to you, a God who has chosen a church to everlasting life, chosen a people, unworthy of any blessing. That you, according to your good, the good pleasure of your will, have chosen and predestined a church, a people to adoption, to become your family. What a grace, what a, what a blessing. And a blessing where, that we may enjoy fully when we trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, that we belong to Christ and we, we have fellowship with the Father, and with the Son, by the Holy Spirit. We have access to to the Father. And that's true of everyone who belongs. Lord, as we think about these things, with all the busyness and distractions of life, help us to have our focus right. We acknowledge, we... I've sinned in so many ways, and we continue to struggle against sin. But with you, there is forgiveness, a complete forgiveness, and an everlasting forgiveness. Help us, O God, to be thankful for this blessing. If we are in Christ, to live out of it, trusting in you, praising you, delighting in Christ, living in holiness. Independence upon the Holy Spirit. And Father, we pray for those here who do not yet belong to this church of Christ. We pray that your spirit would be at work, even now. Draw them, O God. Show them the love of Jesus, the willingness of the Savior, the the power, the almighty power he has. And draw them, O Lord, with the cords of love that one day we would be in heaven in glory and we'd all be there, every one of us, from the youngest to the oldest, praising you and giving you the glory that you are so worthy of. Bless us in this afternoon as well, Lord, and grant us a time of rest and good fellowship, Lord, spiritual fellowship. Help us to encourage one another in the Lord and faith. And bring us again to your house later on to worship you and to hear from your word. Lord, we ask these things all for the sake of Christ and in his name alone. Amen.